You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Rico Mohammed, coming to you live from Atlanta, GA. Uh, this is the Rates and Lanes podcast. Excited to be with you guys again, once again this week. Um, Want to send a big shout out to the folks over at Randall Riley. Uh, we had the opportunity and the honor of speaking at their R squared convention that they uh, think is an annual event that they hold for their uh, certain clients. It's by invite only, and it was a very interesting topic that they had me come in to speak on. They they wanted to address driver respect. So we came over and we tried to give some real, real world perspectives as to some of the things that we deal with. And they were trying to, and they had major fleets that were there that wanted to address the issue of respect within their fleets because they are looking at trying to retain more drivers and trying to make sure that they're doing everything that they possibly can to uh, treat their drivers and their employees with uh, with the with a certain amount of respect because some very interesting things came out from uh, yesterday's uh, event they had they done a, a tremendous amount of research and uh, if you're not familiar with Randall Riley those, those are the good folks that published like overdrive magazine and uh, a couple of other uh, industry publications so we had the uh, distinct honor of getting a chance to speak and talk with those folks over there, and it was really uh, eye-opening and, and got some really good feedback from uh, what we had to say and what we had to share. So tonight, we're going to start out as we normally do, but I just wanted to make sure we gave them a big shout-out. Uh, we're going to start out as we normally do. We're going to take a look really quickly and jump over and look at the uh, this week's USDA truck rate report for specialty crops and we only have a couple of markets that are showing some movements uh, those markets that show movement they are showing that there is a shortage and this might be running a little bit tight because I think uh, you want to do your due diligence before you head down that way but they got it they, they're showing on here that there's a shortage of trucks in Central and South Florida so make sure that you do your diligence make sure that um, you uh, before you just go running to Florida that uh, make sure that you, you, you've got something lined up and that it's going to be worth your while and worth your time to head down that way if that's not something that you service on a regular basis. If you don't already have something already lined up, you want to make sure that you don't expose yourself and get down there and leave yourself in a conundrum. Uh, so that's one area that is showing a shortage of trucks. Also, eastern North Carolina. Now, Eastern North Carolina, I can absolutely speak to this one. Uh, one of my uh, areas that I deal with, uh, the Eastern North Carolina, you will be in pretty good shape if you're willing to go, if you're kind of flexible on your ending destination. You can get a pretty good rate, a really good rate coming out of Eastern North Carolina right now, but they are showing an outright shortage of trucks over in Eastern North Carolina. Areas that are showing a slight shortage of, of trucks versus loads is Aristotle County, Maine. 
not too familiar with those neck of the woods, but if you are one of those adventurous types that wants to go check it out, like I, I, I would advise, like I do with uh, Central and South Florida, do your due diligence before you head up that way. Make sure that you can uh, probably get something pre-booked before you get up in there. I wouldn't wait till the day of if I was in that area to try to book something just because of uh, uh, the times that I have ventured up that far. It's been uh, it's been a little tough sledding coming out of there. They they have freight coming out of there, but it may not be in the particular direction that you would want to head in. We will post a copy of this up on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page for your viewing pleasure, along with a link to this report. There's a lot more information that is available on this report. They give details such as what type of crops are coming out of which particular area, which is something that if you, you know, if you're trying to uh, drill down and you're looking for something specifically or if you're searching for shippers, it can give you some clues as to what type of shippers you need to be looking for in those areas. So it's a good bit of information in here. They have rate information in here, but the rate information that they have on here is uh, really, uh, uh, there, there really is no way to really properly vet their rate information. Um, not exactly sure where they get the rate from, if it's just what someone tells them, but the rate information that they have on here is way out of line from anything that I have actually been able to confirm either through myself or through other sources, other uh, uh, people that I talk to on a regular basis. So, but it's good information on there so that you can kind of figure out what is coming, what kind of crop is coming out of which part of the country, and uh, and, and it gives you an idea when those when those crops. If you're watching it on a weekly basis, you can kind of start to see when uh, crops are coming into season based on what part of the country that is in. So it's a it's a good little tool for that as well. So we like I said, we'll have a copy of this posted up on the uh, Facebook page here in a little bit. Jumping over to this week's DAT trend lines report, uh, van and reefer loads took a slight dip last week as produce is slow to take off and winter weather returned to parts of the northeast and midwest. The national average van rate fell by five cents per mile and the average reefer rate declined by two cents per mile, while the flatbed rate increased by one cent. Steel rates for all three equipment types are higher than their March averages and the flatbed load-to-truck ratio has exceeded 100, per, 100 loads per truck for four weeks in a row. Let's take a look, going deeper into, uh, deeper into the report. Let's take a look at dry vans. And this week... We want to look at the uh, van and demand capacity portion of the DAT report. Van loads postings declined by 1% while truck postings increased by 3%. That caused the, load to the van load-to-truck ratio to dip by 2 cents, dropping down to 6.4 loads per truck nationally. The national average van rate also fell by 5 cents. Taking a look back historically, the drive uh, for excuse me, load to truck ratio dips in March. The van load to truck ratio dips slightly in March compared to February, 
but it's still well above norm for this time of the year. Van load low posts increased by 14% in March compared to February, but truck postings increased by 15%. As a result, the March load-to-truck ratio declined by 2%, dropping down to 6.9 van loads per truck. The March ratio was 116% higher than it was of March of 2017. Let's take a look, jumping over to the rate information for dry vans. But before we do, uh, diesel prices increased by 1% over the past week, showing a national average diesel price for, uh, of $3.13 per gallon. Now, let's see how the rates were performing for dry vans over the previous week. The average van rate fell $0.05 cents to $2.16 per mile on average. That's a $0.01 cents higher than the March average of average and $0.48 cents higher than a year ago. The load-to-truck ratio for vans declined slightly last week. Taking a look back historically, the national average van rate for March was $2.15 per mile, up $0.03 cents from February. That's the second highest monthly average surpassed only by the record high of $2.24 per mile back in January of this year. Last month's rate was $0.52 cents higher than the average rate of March of 2017. So we definitely are moving. Things are climbing into the right direction. Let's take a look around the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania being the representative city, showing $2.23 per mile on average. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the, of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia being the representative city, showing an average rate of $2.39 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Chicago, Illinois being the representative city, showing an average spot market rate of $2.56 per mile. Dropping down into the south central portion of the United States, Dallas, Texas being the representative city, showing an average rate of $2.04 per mile. And wrapping up the dry van spot market rate from around the country, Los Angeles, California, shows an average spot market rate of $2.33 per mile. Moving on, jumping over into the flatbed portion of the DAT report. Let's see, we're going to get the uh, demand and capacity portion of the report for April 15th through the 21st. Flatbed low posts increased by 7% and truck posts increased by 8%. That caused the load to truck ratio to slip by 1% dropping down to 102.2 loads per truck nationally. The flatbed load-to-truck ratio has remained above 100 loads per truck for four weeks in a row. So if you have a flatbed, step deck, open deck, man, it is, you loving life right about now, uh, especially if you are working that spot market. Taking a look back historically, compared to February, flatbed load posts rose 41%, in March, while truck posts increased by 3%. That boosted the load-to-truck ratio by 37% compared to the previous month. At 90.8 loads per truck, the ratio was 148% higher than in March of 2017. 
Let's take a look to see how rates were performing for flatbeds over the previous week. While the national average van and reefer rates have declined for the past two weeks, the national average flatbed rate continues to climb. Last week, the flatbed rate edged up one cent to $2.64 per mile on average, the highest flatbed rate ever recorded in DAT Trendline's history. The load-to-truck ratio for flatbeds has been above 100 loads per truck for, weeks, for four weeks in a row. Taking a look back historically where, where rates are concerned, compared to February, the national average flatbed rate in March increased by 16 cents to $2.53 per mile. Flatbed rates are 50 cents higher than they were of, in March of 2017. Taking a look around the country, starting out in Harrisburg, PA, up in the northeastern portion of the United States, Average spot market rate for flatbeds at $4.02 per mile. That leads the country. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia being the representative city, showing an average of $3.10 per mile. Moving up to the Midwest, Rock Island, Illinois, $3.61 per mile on the spot market. Dropping down to the south central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas, showing an average spot market rate of $2.90 per mile. And wrapping up the flatbed report, coming out of Phoenix, Arizona, $1.88 per mile on average for flatbeds. Moving on over to the reefer portion of the uh, demand and capacity of the DAT report, reefer load postings slipped by 5%, while truck postings increased by 6%. That caused the load-to-truck ratio for reefers to fall 11% from 9.4 to 8.4 loads per truck. The national average rate for reefers was $2 cent. Um, the average reefer rate was $0.02 cents lower. Excuse me. Historically, in March, reefer, rates, reefer rate load posts increased 23%, while truck posts added 15% compared to February. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to rise 7% to 10.5 loads per truck. The, re the ratio was up 68% compared to March of 2017. Taking a look at national reefer rates. That national average reefer rate declined by $0.02 cents to $2.42 per mile, which is $0.02 cents above the March average and 48 cents higher than one year ago. The national load-to-truck load ratio for reefers also experienced a decline last week. Historically, in March, the national average reefer rate was $2.40 per mile. That was one cent lower than the February average. Compared to March of 2017, the reefer rate is 53 cents higher right now than it was in 2017. Taking a look around the country, Elizabeth, New Jersey being the representative city out of the Northeast, showing an average spot market rate of $2.19 per mile. Dropping down to Lakeland, Florida, and the southeastern portion of the United States, showing an average spot market rate of $2.03 per mile. Coming out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, the Midwest showing an average of $3.25 per mile. That leads the country. Moving down into the south 
central portion of the United States, McAllen, Texas, showing an average spot market rate of $2.47 per mile. Wrapping up the report coming out of Fresno, California, showing an average spot market rate of $2.57 per mile. We will also have a link of this report posted up for you over on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page. And now for the portion of the show that we don't particularly love, but it's a necessary part that we must deal with, the bad broker report. Bonita Truck Brokers, Inc., that DOT number is 222-23062. Their MC number is 317-771. FMCSA shows that their trust fund is canceled. They have over $128,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Southeast Service Transport and Carriers, LLC. Their DOT number is 224-4825. Their MC number is 685019. FMCSA shows surety bond canceled. Two, uh, um, canceled on 2-16-2018. They have over $256,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Blue Thunder Truck Brokerage, Inc., Blue Thunder Cartage, Inc. DOT number is 221-5463. MC number is 247-270. They have over $24,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Highway 1 Logistics, Inc., their MC number is 545-342. FMCSA shows surety bond is set to cancel on 5-6-18. They have over $62,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Think Transport, LLC. Their MC number is 065-965. FMCSA shows trust fund is set for cancellation on 5-5-18. They have over $20,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Old Town Brokerage, Inc., MC number is 567053. FMCSA shows trust fund is set for cancellation, actually should have been canceled already, on 4-11-18. Over $122,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. R and Cole Holdings Inc. Uh, we have a special note here. Their MC number is five four five three four two. Any loads hauled before four twenty eighteen will need to be filed on surety bond American Alternative Insurance Corporation. And any loads hauled after four twenty eighteen surety bond is set to cancel on five eighteen eighteen. Over $289,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. God almighty. Uh, Zion Metals, Inc., this is a shipper. Zion Metals, Inc., out of Houston, Texas, zip code 77036. They have over $42,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. And that wraps up the bad broker slash shipper report. I guess we can include the shipper in there. Um, and with that being said, let's go back, try to go and grab 
my guest for tonight, Mr. Chuck Snow. He is up and on board and will be joining us tonight. Chuck, how are you this evening? Well, well. How are you doing, Rico? I am loving life. How about you? Everything it seems to be going really good on this end. Uh, hopefully everything is well up there on that end. How, how are things at traffics? You know what? I couldn't ask for better. Uh, things have been going very well. Um, just humming along, and I got some great news. A couple of weeks, right after our, the last time I was on your podcast, um, I guess that was on the Wednesday. So on the Thursday or the Friday, I received word that traffic's uh, was number 52 on the top 136 load brokers in North America in transport topics. Great news. Absolutely great news. And yeah. just to familiarize everybody before we go any further, Chuck, uh, if you got any questions pertaining to rates, lanes, anything like that, if you got a question on a particular lane, we can try to plug that in and try to give you a little bit of information to go off of for that. So if you got questions pertaining to that, go ahead and press number one. Chuck Snow is our resident mentor. If you have any aspirations to try to grow your business, you want better, uh, you want some ideas, some different things to, to do something differently to expand your business. Chuck is, our, like I said, he's our resident mentor. He has a uh, fleet of trucks. He is also uh, the CEO of Traffics, which is the oldest brokerage in Canada. And as you just heard, great news moving on up. And 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 it's knocking on the door here in America. Uh, <laughs> traffic is make traffic is making some noise here here in the states. So uh, if you got questions, if you got any aspirations to, to start your own brokerage, he could definitely lend you some advice on all of those things. So we got uh, someone here that can answer your questions on a litany of topics. So don't be bashful. Go ahead and press number one. Get in line and we will get to your call most expeditiously. I see we got a couple of people already got their hands raised, but I just wanted to make sure that we gave that information out. Um, so that so that's great news there, Chuck. You guys are moving up on transport topics, so that means you guys are really making some noise, some, some headway here in the state. So, so the, the expansion that you guys have done over in Chicago and, and, and down in your Texas office is paying off. Yeah, and we've also opened up in Montreal, Quebec, and uh, and we've opened up in Oakville, Ontario. So all of it is uh, it's all working. And you know, there's no <clears throat> excuse me, there's no secret to this. You just have to have goals and guidelines, and just keep your head down and keep working. There's no magic formula. I wish there was. I wish I could tell you there's a secret sauce, and if you do this and this, this will happen. It doesn't work that way. It's you know, it's hard work and having the right people in the right seats on the bus. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Chuck, we got a couple people with their hands raised. We're going to go ahead and grab a few of them. Let's, we're going to jump jump right into it. We're going to go and grab Chad real quickly. Chad, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Oh, I'm beyond help. That's in the story, though. Uh, sir, uh, two things real quick. You were talking about driver respect uh, at the beginning I think they need to make operations people get their license and take one load a month. I think that'd be a good start. But uh, secondly, the company I'm with, they're a fantastic company. They got about 30 trucks. But man, I tell you what, they are they are giving all they're, they're giving all their profit away to other people. Uh, they're 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 paying almost six thousand dollars a month for their lease trucks. 
and the company they're leasing their trucks through, they're, they're using their fuel card. So they're paying, I think, I think I overheard they're paying pump price plus uh, 2% to this uh, rental place. I know I'm just a peon. I know I just started with them, but if they're good people and I don't want to see them just throwing their money out like that, when do I approach them and say, hey, guys, uh, there's other ways to not lose your tail on, on a bunch of other things? <laughs> Like yeah, they, they definitely they definitely sound like yeah they definitely sound like that they could use they could they, they could talk with the good folks down at Nastic uh, and get signed up with them to get on their fuel card. Uh, Nastic has uh, you know Nastic has one of the best fuel card programs that is available out there uh, for small trucking companies and and Nastic discount is is, is so good that. Um, I've I've been approached by Love's travel Love's travel centers. Uh, even some of the other big fleets are starting to try to to um, are trying to recruit more carriers to, to to come on board and take advantage of their fuel discount programs. If you pull one load a month or something like that with them, they are offering some type of uh, way that you can get in on their fuel program. But uh, but but even even with that, they. I've yet to find anybody that can touch the discounts that you receive through Nasty. So I, I would definitely, oh. you know, they, they would be well served but to I, try to get in contact and, and get involved with them. Well, real quick, I, I worked for a small guy two years ago, well, almost two years ago, and I told him about Nasty. And he checked it out, and he, he told me, he said, dude, you saved my company because my fuel costs have been dropped. Uh, but again, how do I approach them? How do I how do I say, hey, you guys are losing your tail. Uh, everybody's making money but you. Hey, you need to check these guys out. I mean, how do I approach them on that? That's what I'm asking. Chad, can I interrupt you? Um, the best way to approach yes, them is the way you just approach Rico and I. You just take somebody aside and you say, hey, you know, I know you may think this is odd, but I've been doing this a long time. Can I give you a, a suggestion? If if you know if you call these guys at Nastic, you'll save a lot of money on fuel and other things too. And it's a great organization. It's a uh, they, they, you know I've been to a couple of their conventions and I can't wait to go back in November. Um, it's a it's a great lobby group that's very low cost um, as compared to other lobby groups like the ATA, and they have a voice in Washington, sure, believe it or not. I'm sorry, what's that? I said the ATA is nothing but a bunch of crooks and political hacks. Well, okay. Uh, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody. Uh, <laughs> you are being sued. So I don't, and I don't know much about them, okay? Um, but oh, they can the best way to. my wallet and bring them back wanting to fight because there's nothing in it. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's change the subject here and let's keep, let's keep to the program, gentlemen. <laughs> Um, so why don't you just approach them that way? And uh, listen, if you're if you're listening to this uh, show, uh, whoever you are, Mr. Uh, Chad's boss, uh, please give me a call. I'd be glad to walk you through anything I can. And you can reach me at 800-388-4352. My extension is 203, and I may be able to help you. And, Chad, if you want to copy that number down after at the end of the show, I'm going to say it again. So if you want to give them my number, I'm glad to help them. All right, sir. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Rico. We can let somebody else ask a question. 
All right, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for calling. All right. Yeah, let's go and grab. Uh, we had someone that looked like they may have wanted to say something, but they maybe changed their mind. But let's go grab Steve. Steve, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, good evening, and it's and it's always an honor and a thrill to talk to you two guys. And uh, uh, I kind of look at y'all uh, as one of my role models, and I appreciate all the information um, that you guys and uh, that that everyone put out. Now, uh, Chuck, uh, congratulations on the rankings there. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so one of the questions that I, um, to kind of give you a little background of, of myself, you know, I went through a horrible lease program and went through that, paid off my truck and um, came to Landstar and worked with Landstar about two years and was on a dedicated account. And um, I've been in, and I went and got my authority last year, about September last year, and um and been operating up under my my authority uh, seven months, and it really has been going great. And um, and I consider all the the advice and um, information that you guys gave me um, before I started this. Uh, it was really crucial to my success today, and I want to appreciate you guys uh, uh, for the advice. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Chuck, is is that um, I'm looking maybe about. Not right now, but I'm looking at about maybe about two, three, maybe four years down the road. Um, I'm thinking about uh, starting a brokerage company, and um, and I wanted to ask you what uh, you know. I want to start now and start planning. So three or four years later down the line, um, you know, I have all the information I need to be able to get going. What are the do's and what are the don'ts and what would you recommend um, in starting a, a a brokerage company? Well, I'm going to give you a better one. Um, if you can, I would look at buying an existing one. There's an awful lot of them out there that are for sale that are actually produce money, smaller ones. The the big guys don't want to look at these the small mom and pa shops. And if you can find one that's got a diversified customer base, you may be able to do a deal. Um, you know, you can start one, and you have to go out, and you, it's a totally different business than owning a truck or owning ten right. trucks. Um, you have to. It's a it's a sales organization, and a lot of people in on the asset side that run trucks don't understand that. Just right. like the. Just like the freight brokers don't understand what it's like to operate trucks. They're two mm-hmm. separate businesses. And they're the other, you know, each one is the other end of the spectrum. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, geez, you know, as I'm getting older, maybe I don't want to be on the road so long. And this would be, you know, this would be a great source of revenue. And it possibly is a good source of revenue. Um, you know part of the business. You don't know this part. And in order to really make it, you've got to either have some sales experience or some great contacts. Um, that's what it takes. And you need to get trained in sales. So I always tell people, if you're going to get involved in this, get some sales training. The best sales training I can tell anybody to get right off the bat is through the um, through Dale Carnegie. 
Uh-huh. Tried and true. It's you know, start reading his books, listening to their tapes, go to some of their courses. I know that some of the people we talk to that are on the open road, it's very difficult for them to to commit to you know going every Tuesday night at seven between seven and nine o'clock or whenever courses are given in your neighborhood. But that's what you have to do because you're going to have to right. learn a a whole different skill set. It's like learning to be a mechanic if you didn't know how to, you know, you didn't really know a tire, um, you know, a tire iron from a wrench. Right, right. So you really need to learn a different skill set. And if you're willing to do that, now the other thing you have to remember, in all honesty, is who the transportation buyers are. Can I ask you a personal question? Uh, how old are you? Yes, yes, sir. I'm uh, 42. Okay, you're a young guy. Um, so it's certainly, you have lots of time and, uh, some of the people you're going to be dealing with are going to be around your age because that's really important. I'm starting to find that young millennials don't want to talk to an old fart like me quite often. <laughs> I love people like, to you. <laughs> you know, and old farts like me sometimes don't want to talk to millennials. So it's a two way street. Right. I got you. But you're kind of in that age gap where you're going to be okay. Okay, I, I got you. One of the things that I'm, I'm looking because I'm, I'm expanding and I, and I am growing, and um, and what really caught my attention was is that I thought about it is that that you know going for direct customers, uh, you know, and and, di- and going for direct shippers. It, it may stumble upon a point to where I may need to broker a load out to, you know, to get the load covered, uh, you know, right. at some point in some time. And, and, and in doing that, you know, I'm, I want to start now in my preparation so when that time do come, I would be able to, you know, be able to walk into it and, uh, and not struggle with it as I've done with getting my own authority. Well, it's not much of a, a struggle when you know if you've got a customer that's uh, that's shipping you know they're giving you loads from let's just say chicago to philadelphia mm-hmm. and you probably now if you have those direct customers already or you're getting them and they give you a couple of other loads and you know people it's very easy you just you know if you have a friend or, or friends that have trucks or people that you know you you phone them up and say listen i have an extra load from Chicago to Philadelphia, do you want it? And, you know, make right. sure you make a little bit of money on it. Right. You can't right. be doing it for free. You certainly don't want to lose money. And sometimes you do lose money to keep the customer. So right. you have to be careful. Um, you also want to make sure that people have good credit. It's really, really important yes. to, whether you're, you have direct customers as a carrier or direct customers as a broker, Obviously, as a broker, they would be direct customers. Otherwise, you'd be double brokering. But credit is the key thing. And there's only so much you can do to protect yourself because stuff happens in business. Um, I've seen it a number of times where we've had a client that was, you know, AAA rating. Like, you couldn't ask for any better on Monday. And on Tuesday... Their best customer declared bankruptcy, and by Wednesday, wow. these people were just about out of business. And that can happen. You know, that's like, right. you know, 
know, that's like a, you know, that's like a train wreck. And that's yeah. a chance you take when you're in business. And, right. uh, you know, and, I've and, been there and I've, uh, you know, I've had customers where they've gone down and taken me, you know, for sixty and a hundred thousand dollars. I had one one day, um, and this was a customer of mine that I got them their line of credit at my bank. So I wow. I kind of got I got the inside edge. My bank manager happened to call me one day and say, Hey Chuck, you know, um, if you if you're thinking of it, any of your customers that could use a bank. Um, I'm looking to expand my portfolio, and I gave him this customer's sure. name. And about a month later, I'm having dinner with my client or lunch, and he said, "Do you notice I'm paying my bills a lot faster?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, um, some angel from the TD Bank appeared at my door and gave me a four million dollar line of credit." <laughs> and I said, "Eddie, I sent the angel." So we had a good laugh, and we did business, and we both prospered. One day, I got a call from that same bank manager, and he said, um, and he was an Englishman, and very proper, and he said, uh, Chuck, I normally could not say this because it would be a confidentiality, but since you're my client, I, I can. Uh, so-and-so doors is just about bankrupt. And they owed me $400,000 at the time. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And luckily, and this is a weird business story, they were able to save it by selling out 51% to one of their suppliers. When they did that, they turned things around and never made so much money in their lives as when they were owned 49% rather rather than 100%. Huh. Because they had oh, wow. people, they had people that owned majority shares that knew business. Yeah, and they knew what they yeah. were doing. And that's just a risk that you take when you're in business, and you need to think about that because right now your your risk is only the loads that you haul in your truck. Right. But then all of a sudden, when you start extending credit to customers, and people are extending credit to you you got to really think of the position you're in and you know rico does those uh that bad broker report every week and i know damn well that a lot of those brokers didn't wake up in the morning to cheat people and just stuff happened to them and i'm going to imagine in this marketplace being so robust one of two things happened they were either locked in to long-term contracts with customers, ironclad contracts that they they got into thinking that they were going to be able to weather any storm or they just can't get equipment, one or the other. And that's what causes these these brokerage firms, especially the ones with old MC numbers, to go under. So, you know, if you can find a a good little broker that's got a, a diversified business, uh, I would strongly recommend looking at buying that. Okay. Okay, and uh, and I know you mentioned credit, credit. Um, if if they're not credit worthy, or I start from scratch, how does a broker build credit to the point to where it's acceptable to the uh, to everyone? I mean, um, well, and I know just started. I know just starting off uh, with credit, um, you don't have any. Right. So you need enough money 
to be able to float these uh, you know these customers. So you're really going into the banking business. Okay. So remember, right now which you're not very, that, which could be very which could be very profitable because. It's you sure. Well, offer, banks make a lot of money. You can offer quick, uh, can offer quick trade right. to, to your carriers and, and make a make a, a nice little living off the spread. Yeah, yeah. That, that works all the time as long as you get paid. you got to get you. paid okay. in a reasonable amount of time. Some of these big companies are horrendous. And and some yeah. of them are sixty to you know one hundred and twenty and one hundred and fifty days to get paid. Yeah. And if right. you're going to do quick days, you've got to have a lot of money. Right. Right. I I do understand that, and uh, you know that's something uh you know that's something that to, to think about, and um right now I'm writing my notes down and writing my plan out and. You know, and 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 looking into a lot of things, and um, and I'm just ask, asking questions, and I appreciate you guys uh for uh, so to speak, lending me your brains. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah, not a problem, Steve. We appreciate we appreciate you calling in with the question. So that opens up a line for you guys. If if, if you want to get in, you can press number one. We got a couple people. The screener tried to come to you. And uh, they didn't get an answer, so we, I'm, I'm gonna try live real quickly to see if I can get an answer. I don't have a name for you, but caller calling in from uh, the area code three two zero. Oh, caller with hey, the uh, area code three two zero. Yes. Uh, All right. Hey, uh, we got you on there. Uh, what, hey, what's, what's your name? Hey, Rico and Chuck, it's uh, Glenn from Minnesota Calling. I uh, just have two questions this evening. Uh, first, is uh, freight in the Midwest seem to be sl- slower lately on the carrier side? Because I know uh, I'm on the uh, Rate for Mile Masters group and a few of the other ones, and uh, it, it seems like uh, you know I'm bidding the 90-day averages or a little below and, and not having a lot of luck. I had to, like, uh, take a load to a... Uh, you know, middle of North Dakota just to get something that moves and, and keeps, you know, running ahead of my uh, fixed costs. And so whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry. I don't like, you know what? I don't like the sound of what you're doing, I'm going to tell you. Um, are you in this to, as a sightseer or are you trying to make money? Oh, no, I'm, I'm trying to make money. I mean, I got enough going out there, going out here today, that, you know, I, I can deadhead back a ways because I, I bid it at, you know, I got like uh, three bucks a mile to head out here. So I can I can come back a fair share of the way to where I went. But, uh, That's okay. How far in North Dakota did you have to go? Well, I'm, I, like I said, I'm hanging the Minot, and there's potato loads like 180 miles back towards, uh, you know, 109 miles back towards uh, Grand Forks. I try and stay in the Midwest, and yep. and the other thing I I do that probably limits me a little of this is like I I I work with some of the bigger brokers and it's like uh, C H Robinson, J B Hunt, a few, but I keep my broker list down like four or so, and I I'd, I'd use you guys by signing where I was at, but uh, so you know some of these ones had loads, but 
you read their reviews and they're pretty horrible about taking care of things. Right. It just seems like this week it seems like like things have just uh, plummeted. I was just wondering. You're in between. I think part of it is you're kind of in between seasons. I would imagine the storage potatoes are getting a little thinner now. Um, it, things will. It's just it's a seasonal thing. You're running a reefer or a heated trailer? Uh, I I have a reefer, and but uh, I normally do around uh, half and half dry and and reefer just depending on on where I stay in the Midwest. But, and where do you normally run to from where to where normally? Okay, well, uh, usually leaving out northern Minnesota, I'll head towards Aberdeen, South Dakota, or towards uh, or towards Chicago. I went to Aberdeen this week, and the nor- there's like a few normal shippers I take, and uh, all of them, you know, two of them didn't have any, any loads out through the brokers I use. And the third one was uh, potatoes offering a relatively low rate that I talked just today, and it would have been on my truck for two days. Ooh, okay, yeah. Oh. Um, let me ask you a question. You're up, how far up north of uh, Twin Cities are you? I'm uh, 160 miles or so north of the cities, and I actually ended up uh, getting a load from uh, Cambridge. Minnesota, which is around an hour north of there, that I took that I took out. That I'm taking out to uh, Minot now. Okay, can I ask you a question? Uh, and I'm just really curious. Um, sure. Have you thought of running from where you are in Minnesota uh, into another Chicago, because Chicago, like the greater Chicago area, because it's such a big hub. They manufacture and distribute so much freight out of there. Yeah, I, I've. I've done that a fair share of the time, and uh, like uh, the last time I went out, I did that. I, I usually do it. Just uh, I was trying to stick with my normal carriers, and I've normally had good luck going to Aberdeen, so I did that one this time. And then while I was online checking some of the other ones, including someone who works, you know, for a bigger brokerage, was saying that Chicago right now may be having more uh, trucks than. Uh, or, you know, the load-to-truck ratio for Chicago wasn't that hot at the moment. You see, I just didn't know where the info was. Well, I, you know what? From my take on it, if I if I was in your shoes, I would run from northern Minnesota, which, you know, I'm sure you can get something out of there, into the Chicago area, and Chicago back to northern Minnesota. And that's all I would run because once you get involved, Chicago is so big, and there's so much in food product coming out of there with a reefer. Uh, if you get in, if you're in with four or five brokers in Chicago, uh, I think you're going to be okay on a you know on a 52 week a year, uh, 52 weeks every year. I don't think you're going to have to worry. Okay. And then find some uh, shippers somewhere within a hundred miles of your home that ship down to towards Chicago. You know, worst comes to worst, you end up. Uh, 50 or 75 miles on the east side of Chicago, but it may pay you a little bit more. Um, but I would keep, you know, it, it's such a great area that you're in, um, you know, because there's so much freight out of Chicago that goes into that area that a lot of the a lot of the carriers don't want. A lot of people don't want to run into northern Minnesota. Okay. 
Yeah, because I, I just the times I've been in Chicago, I just haven't matched it, but I've never really committed to just that lane. See, so that's okay. what you got to do when you have one truck. You got to commit. You got to commit to do the same thing. That's how you build a business. You can't keep changing it, you know? Imagine if you walked into a McDonald's and you said, I want a hamburger, and they go, oh, we're not doing that this week. We're selling, uh, we're selling shrimp cocktails and, uh, and um, Caesar salads only. Okay, yeah. So I said I, I've, I've done a fair share because, like, I, I've, you know, gone from uh, Chicago back to the cities. I just... Uh, like I said the times I've looked, it, it just seems like I hadn't uh, done as well finding some of that some of that stuff going further further north. You know, there's got to be. Um, you still have a population up there. They they still eat food. They they drink things. Uh, they consume things. I know you don't manufacture a whole lot of stuff there, but you do manufacture some stuff. So there's going to be well, your uphaul going into from Chicago to Minnesota is going to pay you a lot more than your hauls down. But I know there's product coming down from there because I've, I've hauled it myself. you got great companies in uh, in the Twin Cities. Uh, you got great brokerage firms. Yeah, hell, it's CH's backyard. Okay, you got Alan Lund that's got an office there. Uh, there's a few other ones there as well. And I think Best Buy or one of those companies has a has a big uh, distribution center there. Okay. Um, the other question I had, which you know, would be uh, if I if I go go that way, because like I said I've I've tried to stick in there, but I you know I've I've I had it like one or two lanes, and then I ended up just going uh, Midwest because the amount of slower, you know, because I had some slower times, but uh, you know I I could definitely you know yeah this. This week's been a bit of a beating, and a couple weeks ago I did fine, but that's because I had my five brokers, and I, you know, I did a lot into uh, Central Michigan because a lot of people didn't want to go, and I made sure I got my backhaul money. There you go. When I went in, when I went in. Uh, other question is uh, just on the on the produce side because I got there's like potatoes on like Central Minnesota, you know, by the cities too, like Clear Lake. Um, do you guys find that like when I try and price them? Because, you know, you see the that in ITS, and it has, like, that 100-mile radius. And uh, is there is there a, a better guide for, like, so you know how you're quoting for your uh, rates? Because the, only time, the no. couple times I've done it, okay. There's, you know what? Everything is based on supply and demand. Now, it started out produce being that way, and it's still that way to, to this day. And now more and more freight is going that way. When there's when there are no trucks in Minnesota and there are uh, warehouses full of uh, potatoes, and fridges full of potatoes, uh, you know that the price is going to be through the roof. And you got to remember, people have been eating potatoes since they were harvested in the late summer and early fall. So the supply of potatoes has diminished quite a bit. So the okay, rates have yeah. gone down. Yeah, that that makes sense. The warehouses are they don't have as much in there to try and get no. rid of that. Exactly. Okay. okay. 
Well, well, gentlemen, uh, every time I call in, I always learn something. I'll get off the line so the listeners can get in. But uh, appreciate your assistance as always. Have a good day. Good luck and be safe. Not a problem. Thanks, you too. We appreciate it. All right. Well, we uh, look like we got about eight minutes left in the show. Uh, if somebody wants to get in real quickly, you can press number one. We can try to get you in before. We can try to squeeze you in before we wrap up, but as we are wrapping up, doing a little housekeeping, uh, Chuck, what do you guys got coming down the pike up at Traffic Suit? And let's try to tell the good folks how they can get in contact with you. Well, you can call me at any time. Uh, Just call me at 800-388-4352, extension 203. That's really important because if you don't press 203, you ain't going to get me. Or you can email me, very easy, chuck at traffics, T-R-A-F-F-I-X dot com. Give me a call, send me an email. I answer everything. Um, I can get you loads from our Dallas office, our Chicago office, and both those offices handle uh, all sorts of freight throughout North America. So if you're a carrier based in Phoenix and you're looking to get to uh, New York, one of my offices will probably be able to help you. We're moving pretty good volume. And don't hesitate to call, and we'll get you paid right away. Pretty easy. Absolutely. And so just before, like, we're talking here, but um, what do you think as far as uh, things that seem to be really the economy I know here in the United States is it's 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 moving it's chugging along pretty at a at a pretty good clip. Things seem to be uh, for the most part on a positive note. Uh, what what do you think? How do you think things are shaking out for the future here uh, for the foreseeable for the next six six to eight months or whatever in in our industry? What do you, if you had to rub on the crystal ball? What do you what do you think you might come back with? I don't think a lot is going to change. I don't think we're all of a sudden um, somebody's going to send over millions of truck drivers from some foreign country that are uh, trained on our roads and they're going to be ready to start within the next six or eight months. Uh, That's not about to happen. Um, I don't think that rail capacity is going to become better than it is now. So I think all in all, things will still stay on the tight side. Um, you know, and, and that's just given what's been going on. And then you have other things that happen. You have spikes caused by, uh, you know, natural disasters, unfortunately. And and they hit this business pretty hard when, uh, you know, when things like those uh, hurricanes last year. I think that's, you know, the flatbeds are still busy uh, from all of that work. So Absolutely. I think things are going to stay yeah, and I don't think fuel is going down in the next future uh, time. So, you know, if you're if you're looking at making any changes in your business model, I think that you can expect high high fuel prices. I don't see where we're going to get a relief on that. And there's two sides to this. So, there's go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, kind of jumping on. Uh, uh, Compounded, jumping on top of that question even further, if some people were out there thinking about, well, maybe, you know, uh, things seem to be moving in the right direction, they may be having thoughts of expansion or adding on to their fleets or whatever. 
what would you what, what do you think is now a good time to maybe uh, uh, explore those options? What do, what are you what would be your advice to someone that may be thinking along those lines? Explore them all you want. Just make sure you can get people to drive your trucks. You know, you can have that's the biggest problem is trying to yeah, find that people. Was a huge one. Um everybody I talk to has the same issue. We have a shortage of drivers. So if you've got a way if you're willing to pay more for drivers, you've got a chance of hiring them. But the one thing I keep finding, it's not just money. It's people no. want a work, it's a work-life balance. And that doesn't fit into a lot of people's business where they're going far distances. You know, if you've got, if you want to build your business and you want to increase your fleet, then it's really important that you hire people and you can say, listen, you're going to work from Monday to Friday, or you're going to work from uh, Friday to Wednesday, and this is your route. People want predictability when they're working for someone. Well, one thing you're that, not, go ahead. The reason I brought that up, too, is when we talked we, we talked about that a little bit yesterday at the uh, Randall Raleigh uh, little function over there, and one of the things that I kind of brought up that I, I, maybe, I made a suggestion, I'm not sure as how – um, that's a little bit above my pay grade as far as my suggestion is concerned, but I, I just threw it out there. I'm pretty sure somebody's out there smart enough to figure it out. But if, if within within some of these companies, some of these, especially some of these major uh, trucking companies, if they can come up with an uh, utilizing the technology base that already seems to be out there and available that some of the Uber freights and stuff like that is using, if they can kind of adopt that type of technology in, in, into their platform, whether they can use their drivers that are um, in their system and and have an app like that to where maybe drivers can, can maybe, uh, you know, self-dispatch themselves or see stuff to where they can kind of utilize that within their, uh, within, within their operation, that might help them, um, you know, because a lot of times guys always talk about, uh, especially wanting to get home, uh, home time is always a major issue with with hiring people and, and getting them home on a regular basis, and uh, I think that if they can incorporate that to maybe move some of their capacity, that might cure some of the ills. I'm not quite sure as to how all of the nuts and bolts would would work with that, but I'm 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 pretty sure that that would be a very innovative thing that they could do to try to help solve some of those issues and may, and maybe make them more attractive to. Uh, more more drivers that that are looking for something like that. I don't know if that's the uh, if that's certainly the answer. You, you're on the right path, and and my understanding is that Tesla, on their new trucks they're going to come out with, uh, that's one of the features is there's a built-in load board apparently. And well, yeah, uh, but I was, and I was can, thinking more more along the lines of, of of like say like for instance you know. Uh, say for yes, you, you, we'll just use traffic for an example. If traffic has 50 loads in Atlanta, and, and you know, and, and you got, and if you got guys in Atlanta that that's traffic uh, drivers that are that are right there, if they, if they can pick those loads up, you know, if they can look at them instead of maybe having a fleet manager or whatever, you know, I if you can if, uh, some kind of way to roll them out to where. Drivers have the ability to kind of to kind of self dispatch a little bit of something like that. Maybe 
make them feel like they have a little bit more control over this, over what it is that they do. I think that that might that might be an appealing uh, alternative or appealing option to somebody. What, Rico, all due respect, what I'm finding all drivers want, uh, they want the following things. Um, number one, they want predictability. They want to know, and, and that's why automotive freight is so wonderful for for a lot of companies, and they've built huge businesses because that driver knows he he picks up a load of empty racks at a Ford stamping plant, and he takes it um, down to a supplier, a tier one supplier, 400 miles away, takes his time off, and you know he resets his, his time off. He grabs another loaded trailer full of product, and he comes back to the same plant. And he does that six days a week or five days a week, and that's his job. And drivers love that. Um, drivers don't really want to, I don't think they want to, uh, self-dispatch themselves. I don't remember. These are company drivers. I don't think they want that responsibility. And I don't think a lot of fleet owners out there want the drivers picking and choosing. Although I have seen that before where the drivers themselves, and I've dealt with small carriers where the drivers do have that, uh, autonomy. And when you have great drivers, it's wonderful. When you have drivers that are just interested in repositioning the truck so they can go fishing with their buddies, bad decisions are made. <laughs> and it doesn't, Rico, i got to yeah. tell you, it doesn't, it, all it takes is that driver, he's in a hurry because his buddies are, and him are going on a fishing trip, and he picks up that load that is 75 miles south of Atlanta, to, and he's trying to get to home to Chicago, and that load's going to Milwaukee, okay? So now all of a sudden you have 250, um, 250 extra miles or so that that truck owner's not getting. Right. And that's where decisions have to be made by somebody that's got control. Because the driver's goal sometimes is totally different than the fleet owner. And that's not saying all drivers will do that, but, you know, numbers are, you've had drivers, numbers are thin when you have drivers on trucks. Mm. And that's where you need the predictability. Yep. Yeah, well, I just thought I'd, I'd throw that one out there really quickly before we Great I, idea I for, you know, time a little bit. It's a great idea for owner-operators, i got to tell you. Because owner-operators, yeah, yeah. most of them, they understand money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we definitely thank you guys for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on the Racing Lanes podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, we definitely appreciate all of your support. want to send a shout-out back to uh, one of my daughters. I'm not sure which one is screening the phone calls for us tonight, but which one of you girls is doing it? We definitely appreciate it. Dad loves you. Thank you very much. And want to send a shout-out to Lisa and Kevin Rutherford and the entire Less Truck team for helping provide us with the platform to be able to bring this show to you on a weekly basis. And we'd be remiss in our duties if we did not send a big shout-out and thanks to Chuck Snow for taking time out of his busy schedule to come and join us as well. And so with that being said, I think we've done all our housekeeping duties on that front. 
Chuck, anything you want to say besides before we close out tonight? Everybody, just keep it safe. Uh, be safe out there. Uh, have fun. Be profitable. There it is. Be safe out there, everybody. Be profitable. That's definitely one. Keep it in between the mustard and the mayonnaise. God bless you, and good night. God willing, we'll talk to you next week. Good night, Rico. God bless. Thanks, Chuck. God bless you as well. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.